1: All right, everybody. This is In Liberty and Health, episode number 163. I got an awesome guest for you. I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation. He's returning to the show, Mr. Mark Lobliner. But before we do that, I got to get my shilling out of the way. These are the best flavored aminos that you'll ever have. The Intra Pump, uh, strawberry lemonade. Um, I, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I've been using this stuff to make donuts. The red velvet cake and then while you're at it don't forget to go there at the links below get all your outright bars I got like every single flavor sitting here at my house cookie dough s'mores cookies and cream chocolate caramel cinnamon sugar donut and yeah there's I got two s'mores here well there's a white chocolate crisp too yeah that one (laughs) all right everybody let's go what is up everybody my name is Kyle Matovic.
0: man I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day (laughs) I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica so if that's a problem kiss my ass all right
1: all right everybody he is here the legend himself Mark Lobliner how you doing today brother
0: man I'm doing I'm doing great man legend just means I'm old and, uh, I'm good with that, man. I, I just did, I just did a post today that like, and, and there's a good CT Fletcher, like background noise. It's like, if you think your life's over at 40, you know, that's your problem. You know? And it's like, I, I, I like, I love this aging thing. Like aging's awesome. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm better every year. Like I figure out things to make me not hurt, you know? So I'm mm-hmm. kind of like going backwards. I'm kind of like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you ever remember that show Mork and Mindy? Back in the, are you old enough for that on uh, Nick at uh, Night? Nanu na nanu? C- nah. Kind of. I was oh, born 94. Man. Okay, but basically they had a baby and the baby was an old man. And as he aged, he actually got younger and then he became a baby. So it was in reverse. So that's, all you, all you boomers will understand what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah man. nice yeah well you know speaking of ct fletcher he's kind of been one of the biggest inspirations for me and kind of like improving myself and it's kind of funny that you mentioned aging as well with that because um you know he definitely aged but like that dude is still he's a legend there's no other way to put it he's just a badass all around as far as i can tell i mean you know him personally but yeah
0: uh, yeah i mean we uh we just spoke today we're putting on an iron wars at uh at the the mighty IAG, the Iron Addicts Gym. It's gonna be January thirteenth, which is Friday night. Um, bunch of big people lifting a bunch of big weights. I'll be there. I just booked my flight today. You know, Michael, Mike Rashid will be there, CT Fletcher, Shantor Body, the whole crew, the whole Ambrosia crew will be there. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. So yeah, I talk to C T multiple times a week. He's he's an inspiration. He's I mean, the man's living on on a, a secondhand heart and crushing it you can't really uh you can't really beat CT Fletcher he's the guy
1: yeah yeah and I've always uh kind of loved hearing his life story and especially with the whole heart transplant deal yeah that was really fascinating to me and it seems like he's just you know continued to kick ass even after that and uh, w- the one quote I always remember from him is you can't kill a motherfucker who's been dead three times I'm living on borrowed
0: time <laughs> so, something like that <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where every time I see CT that I I cherish every moment because I mean statistics are statistics. So we know that there's a certain, you know, he's already outlived everyone's projections, you mm-hmm. know. And so every time I I I have the opportunity to sit down and talk to CT as his business partner, you know, I make sure to really take in every moment because, you know, a- obviously we all could die at any second, right? But with someone who has a higher probability of any day being their last day, you try to really take in the brilliance of that person, especially someone as legendary and just uh, iconic as C.T. Fletcher. And I've been very fortunate to have him in my life for the last few years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that kind of
1: goes to an even bigger point of what I feel is a uh, problem with our society at large today is that um, it seemed like back in the day it used to be, you were your you know your parents your grandparents would take care of you and then that way when they got older then you would take care of them and the cycle would go on and on and on and i even kind of noticed it with myself because my grandparents had passed away when i was relatively young about mm-hmm. i think my last grandparent had passed away when i was 17 yeah. and i look back at this now and i'm like holy shit i wish i would have just sat down shut the fuck up put this thing away and just listen to some of the knowledge that was uh, kind of being put forth to me
0: yeah, I, I think we kind of in today's day and age we kind of miss out on the moment because we're always busy documenting the moment and tweeting and taking pictures for Instagram that we don't truly take it in. And that's why I was never good at doing daily vlogs because mm. you know number one is I can't film. My day sucks. I'm in meetings and I'm doing spreadsheets. You know my days mm. my days definitely not YouTube, Mark. My days you know behind the scenes, boring spreadsheet, Mark. But you know um, at the end of the day, I think that. I really knew what this is. I, I knew that our, our, our society had taken a turn for the worse when I literally it was after a, a, I did a seminar kind of like a, an event and I invited a bunch of people afterwards. Hey, I'm going to IHOP. I took like 30 people to IHOP mm-hmm. and, um, I'm like, let's go eat. And I'm like, dude, no one's like talking. I'm just sitting there like, mm, no one's talking to me. Like I thought, I thought these guys were here for me. Right. And then, uh, all of a sudden my phone starts vibrating and they're all friggin' posting on Facebook at the time that they're having dinner with me, but no one's fucking talking to me. And I'm like, I was like, I'm like, I finally, I'm like, dude, put your fucking phones down or I'm not buying the fucking meal. Like you could pay for your own, pay for your own, you could pay, pay for your own damn pancakes at this point. So mm-hmm. that's when I realized that that's what these kids do. You ever see people, you ever go to a restaurant, my wife and I'll do this and mm-hmm. people like these couples together and they're both on their phones. And yeah. you're like dude like just take in the moment i'm as guilty as anybody i've gotten a lot right. better at it but you know just being able to really take in the moment and put down the phone let that dopamine go away for a minute like break the dopamine habit and just just you know be a part of the moment because the best memories you have are in your brain Absolutely. not in your fucking phone
1: Yeah, dude, I completely agree. So um, I got married back in November now. And I'm I'm curious your thoughts about something that I kind of experienced. So my wife has been kind of getting into a workout routine now, right? We're doing like two days a week, full body training now. I mean, I go like four to five days consistently, but you know, starting Mm her relatively easy. And I kind of had like this moment where she was doing a tricep extension. And this is going to sound so corny, but I literally had like this overwhelming feeling of joy seeing her competently execute an exercise movement. And it was just, it, yeah. it, it, to me, it was the coolest thing in the world. And then um, just like last week, she sent me a video of her trap bar deadlifting and it was her record. And to see her go all out and like she went till she couldn't go anymore. And, you know, obviously you shouldn't really do that when you're starting out. But just like the fact that she was like proud of this, it, it was just really, really cool. Um, Do you share that kind of, Feeling when you see your kids working out because I know you're really, really um, proud of your daughter and how she's doing.
0: Well, it was still her motherfucking set, bro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I actually train. I, I, I train hundreds of kids at Legacy at Carbon, and you know, I I literally will will, will drive home crying because um, we'll have kids. We have this one kid. He's a, he's a good youth football player, ten years old, and it, it's just amazing that he was decent at football. And he couldn't move correctly. Like he had extreme kyphosis, which is curvature of the back. You know, he had extreme valgus of the knees. This kid's a walking injury trap, right? And within like three weeks, this kid's just killing it. His movement's good. He's crisp. He's smooth. And I'm watching him the other day and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. You know, my son today, his his legs are extremely strong because he's played soccer. Mm -hmm. And we just started him, you know, a heavier bench press. And he hit, what was it? It was, uh. 50, he had 60, 60 pounds on the bench press for two today, which mm-hmm. is huge. He's, you know, he's a bigger kid, but like, you know, upper body develops slower, you know? So I'm yeah. like, this is amazing. So yeah, I feel that every day. And that's why I love coaching kids. Cause every day I get somebody or I'll get, we had a, a girl come in, she's here on, on uh, visiting relatives and she's training with us for the next three weeks. And she came in with shoulder problems. And within two sessions, we got her, you know, pretty much. 80% better. So every time you're able to see somebody, you know, kind of come, come alive and see their body start working. Cause you know, you talk about CT, like we get this one body our whole entire lives. Yeah. So it's up to us what we do with it. You could craft it and mold it into the best version of that body, or you could let it go and have it where it's not a blessing, but it's more of a curse. So it's your choice as to whether your body is a blessing or a curse.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Beautifully put. But, um, you know, I, I went through a personal training course and now, you know, I've been a mechanic for like 10 years, but I like having that kind of moment. I, I, I you know, empathize with what you're saying there. It's just, it's really cool to see somebody mm-hmm. competently perform a movement, especially when oh, yeah. you kind of walk them along the way. And then, you know, that's going to help them maintain a more healthy lifestyle for the rest of their lives. And Absolutely. You know, obviously we know over the last couple of years that that's very, very important.
0: Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's become more evident than ever. That health is the, it's, it's the key. Like the people who got through this 2020, 2021 thing unscathed were the people who were healthy, the gym goers. So I have an idea. Let's shut down the gyms. You know, it's like you fucking idiot. So, I mean, it was contrary to everything we know about health. Yeah. Everything we did was contrary. And that's why I'm like, wait a second, guys, this never worked before. What do you, what makes you think this is the right move now? And just now they're like, oh, exercise is good for you. I'm like, oh, wow. Well, I'm glad we figured that one out. It's it's tough. Every gym bro is banging their head against the wall right now. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us. We were right. Like, we're idiots. But damn it, we got this right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like you said, it really doesn't take a genius to figure this kind of shit out. Um, You know, if you are in a relatively healthy BMI, (laughs) you're probably going to be okay and I mean, even at that, like a lot of people who might even be beyond a healthy BMI, you're, you're going to feel like crap for a few days, but generally you're going to be okay. So yes. um, kind of on that point, um, I've been taking bean and specifically, I think it was one of your videos that you did on bean that encouraged yeah. me to start taking it more often. So um, I, I guess to zoom out um what would be your recommendation for somebody looking to do body recomposition? Because this has been somewhat of a debated topic in the fitness field. And, um, it, some people say it can't happen. Some people says, say it only happens, but it's rare. Some people says it's in, um, you know, new trainees, what's your thought on body recomp and, um, you know, how kind of would you recommend somebody do
0: that? Well, is it possible? Well, anything's possible with enough loop. I've seen that happen. <laughs> Uh, you, you know, here's the thing is that there's possible, there's probable, and there's optimal. Okay, mm-hmm. I think um, I, I actually agree with Alan Argon. We actually had a conversation about this a few months ago. Alan Argon, if you don't know him, he's one of the pre- – I've known this guy. We used to have battles about branching amino acids on the bodybuilding.com message boards in the early 2000s. Like, we used to battle, but at that time, people were respectful. Like, it wasn't <laughs> – there was no like, – so, Alan and I would battle, and then we'd, 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 we'd joke around. So, it was really fun back in the day. And, and to this day, we, we still, we still have our conversations, but they're so respectful. And basically I, I would like to see, I like to see bulking and cutting phases. It's just mm-hmm. more advantageous because t- in order to build muscle in a, in a advantageous or optimal way, you have to be hypercaloric. In mm-hmm. order to lose fat, you have to be hypocaloric, which is eating less calories than you take it eating while well, burning more calories. What is it? Eating less calories than you take it or some wait, Wait, basically it means you have less calories. Why am I, what, what's going on in my brain? Like I, <laughs> hy- hypo hypocaloric means less calories than you need. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're in a deficit there. Yeah. Jeez. Can we edit this entire video? And so, <laughs> uh, so, so essentially, um, when you're, when you're trying to recomp, you're basically going to slow the brakes on both of them. And that's mm-hmm. assuming that bulking bulking shouldn't be an exercise in just shit bulk, in just eating crap food, or as they call the dirty bulk. Bulking should be concise, consistent. You should gain about one to two pounds a month, whereas when you diet, you should lose one to two pounds a week. So if you take that into consideration you're going to bulk or try and gain, assuming your body fat's at a good position, right? Like you're pretty lean, I'm pretty lean. So you want to gain for about three quarters of the year. And -hmm. for the other quarter of the year, you want to cut. So it's about a three to one bulk to cut ratio. And that should keep you where you need to be because you could lose the fat you gained over the course of the eight months in the last four months. Because Mm -hmm. again, you can lose fat faster than you could gain. So as you gain, you want to gain slowly. If you're gaining five to six pounds a month and you're not on anabolic steroids, chances are 90% of that or more is gonna be fat. Mm-hmm. And the more you gain, the more you have to lose. The more you spend time in hypocaloric state, the more muscle you're gonna lose. So the mm-hmm. goal is optimization. Is it possible? Yes. But I want to build as much muscle as possible and I want to keep as much muscle as possible as I lose the fat. So the goal is to spend as little time as possible cutting in a safe way, losing one to two pounds a week, but spend as much time as I can bulking at about 0.5 pounds of weight gain a week. And that'll ensure that you have the optimal gain to loss. Because, again, if you're training naturally or even just as a TRT guy, someone who's not on super physiological amounts of hormones, I mean, it's it's a hard Hard, hard fought time. I mean, you see people who've trained for 30 years and it doesn't even look like they lift that much. Mm-hmm. And that's because they haven't figured out the nutrition. The nutrition is, again, you want to be able to slowly gain in a hypercaloric state. Hypercaloric means just barely hypercaloric. hmm
1: Nice. Yeah. So, um, I guess that would also kind of tie in the question of what are your thoughts on reverse dieting? Because this also seems to be a little bit of a debated topic because, um, you know, if you eat your caloric maintenance is obviously not a static number, it's going to go up some days, it's going to be down some days. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think it's possible to reverse diet without gaining, um, a lot of body fat or do you think it's uh, kind of a wash?
0: So, um, a few seconds ago, I just, uh, you know, discussed a bulk, Mm -hmm. that's a reverse diet. (laughs) Uh, It it, it literally, it literally is. So a reverse diet is essentially a bulk because you're adding in the calories and reverse dieting. That means you're gaining that 0.5, that, that one to two pounds of muscle um, of of, uh, one to two pounds a month. Okay. So that's the goal. So if you're gaining one to two pounds a month, that means that you're not just Friggin' just gorging and dirty bulking—that right. means it's a controlled bulk, which mm-hmm. is in essence a reverse diet. So a bulk right. is the anti-diet; it's the reverse of the diet; it's the opposite of a diet. So a bulk is essentially a reverse diet. So mm-hmm. I-, I love reverse diets because that's how you gain muscle. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, nice. Um, so what would kind of be your base recommendation for um, people who are looking to start kind of? bulking because it it seems like there is often the straw man thrown out that everybody you know if you're bulking then you have to be dirty bulking that's typically what kind of like the main gaining kind of people would you know oftentimes say um in my mind it seems like you'd want to do like maybe like a two to three hundred calorie surplus a day at most once you go beyond that you're probably going to gain excessive fat um what are your thoughts
0: so we can't really go by surplus because it's so hard to determine maintenance so the only way I know to determine maintenance, there's no chart for it. There's no book about it. There's no formula on the internet. The best way to determine maintenance is to measure what you eat for a week. If after a week you weigh the same exact, you weighed at the beginning of the week. Hey, hey, that's your maintenance. So that's the only way that I know. To- now there are charts that are going to give you some numbers that might work, but a- after coaching, tens of thousands of people throughout the years. And I'm not exaggerating because I've run organizations that train people, hundreds of people at a time. And, you know, I've seen so many things and the only way to accurately do it is to throw out macros um, based on a whim, right? Like, so you have what you think their calories is going to be at, you know, right? You have about a gram or a little bit more of protein per pound of body weight. You have about 0.5 grams of fat per pound of body weight, fill in the rest of carbohydrate and boom. Hopefully that's the maintenance. So in, in order to gain, basically if you go for a week and you weigh yourself, and if you were 212 at the beginning of the week, you end the week at 2:12, raise your calories from something. And usually, if your protein set at a gram per pound and your fat set at 0.5 grams per pound, the thing you adjust is carbohydrate. And I like to adjust that by around 40 grams of carbohydrate per, per time. Cause that gives you a good, that gives you, you know, a good amount of calories. It's not too much. And 40 grams of carbs. That's a delicious bowl of oatmeal. Hmm. Yeah. I no, go for no, the I bowl think- of oatmeal rule. Oatmeal is fucking delicious.
1: Yeah. Well, actually just uh, before I hopped on here, um, I had some of the uh, bolo gains. I know that's not oatmeal, but uh, cream of rice has become something that I've really, really enjoyed. I never knew what it was until like a couple months ago. And now I'm, I'm kind of hooked.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I, I usually go for oats because the fiber... Um, oh, I'm a okay. big fan. I'm a big fan of fiber. I know that pisses the carnivore dieters off, <laughs> but if you're looking, if you're looking for like a, a food, it's funny. Cause I was just having a conversation about this with Alan Roberts and I'm watching Lane Norton post something where he's just shitting on carnivores. Like he always does. Oh, I love and, lane. uh, <laughs> and, and he, I was, I was the guy who brought him into this industry, by the way, he was my first employee at salvation. Oh, really? at yeah. Huh. Yeah. So if you don't like uh. lane, I take full responsibility for that. So fight me. <laughs> um, so yeah, Lane's my boy, but but he's like, if there's any he ended the video, and if there's any superfood, it's actually fiber. And he yeah. just ended on that. And I'm like, oh, okay, so we haven't worked together in, you know, in probably 15, whatever years, but we still kind of think along the same lines. We mm-hmm. disagree on some things, but we agree on a lot of things. You'll find that a lot of people who are more science-based and not fad-based, like carnivore, keto, vegan, you'll find that the Alan Aragons, the the Lane Nortons, the myself, you know, people like us, we tend to agree more than we disagree because mm-hmm. we're not we're not tribal. We just follow the data.
1: Mm-hmm yeah yeah well you know what that's why i always admired about lane and he honestly i would say he's probably one of the um, people responsible for pulling me out of the carnivore zealotry so i did the carnivore diet for about two and a half years or you know somewhere around there yeah like two years or so and um i kept hearing him rip on all these carnivore people And at first I'm like man fuck this guy he's an asshole and then
0: over that's time you were, like, oh, the- you were in the tri dude you were in the cult that's, that's, tribal <laughs> men- that's, tri- that's, that's that tribal mentality. Yeah. Like if, if you're confident in what you're doing, you should want to hear dissent, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole point of science is usually to, not to prove your hypothesis. You try to disprove your hypothesis, yeah, but unfortunately, w- you know, with these zealots and these cultish um, freaks, they, they just want, and I'm not by any means calling you a cultish freak, but when no, you yeah. get involved in that mindset and you're like, Oh my God, this is the best ever it's the best ever until you try the next thing that's the best ever right yeah
1: Yeah. um i wouldn't necessarily say i'm in the flexible dieting cult but um i definitely see that as a much more reasonable way to go so um the the current craze right now and i recently spoke with uh, alan flanagan if you're familiar with him um i he's kind of been the guy that's been out there kind of going after saturated fat and um seed oils because you know seed oils is the big craze right now and i fine. I was on that
0: train for a little bit, but seed oils I'm not convinced are. convinced anymore. So, so I'm not saying fucking drink seed oils. Right. But if there's a little bit of seed oil, if you're, if you're just getting like, no, no, no one ever like died from pumpkin seed oil. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I understand. So basically what I get from that is avoid processed foods, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be afraid of seed oil. In fact, a lot of the data shows that it's beneficial for your health. So it's like you're cherry picking data. And, and that's just, that's when it gets weird when you're like, Oh my, I had one guy. So I had carcinoma because when I was a kid, I was in the sun a lot. I probably had these, these things like the one in my head right here. I probably, which makes it look like I'm balding and it pisses me off. So, I mean, they cut out my fucking head. So like they, um, they're like, Oh, it's, if you don't need suntan lotion, don't eat seed oil. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm white. <laughs> Like, dude, I can fucking—I mean, you know—and oh god, the carnivore people. Like, they're literally claiming that it's fucking regrowing hair.
1: They—they
0: mm-hmm. they literally are. You've seen this, right? Yeah. Okay, Sean Baker is bald as fuck. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm—I like Sean, but like, dude, that's not the claim. That's like me claiming that um, that sniper right here makes your dick bigger i'd hate to see where i started okay it's like (laughs) jesus christ like you can't have your spokesperson be balding like a motherfucker in his 50s and be like Mm -hmm. hey it cures baldness my hair's growing back shut the fuck up like oh my god
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and and, i mean i do see (laughs) a use for the carnivore diet and i heard ben greenfield say and i think he's a charlatan but um I, i heard him say that it's a lazy man's way to get healthy and i i sort of agree but um after speaking with Alan and listening to Lane, um, I think I kind of agree with them that maybe it's not a good idea to be chugging saturated fat and <laughs> thinking that seed oils are like the cause of all evil, because I, like I said, I'm not really convinced anymore. There was that um, a study done, I think, where they compared um, blood lipids over time and used canola oil versus saturated fat, mm-hmm. and canola oil, and this is one of the ones that demonized the most, canola oil actually showed um, a better
0: improvement on overall lipid profiles, mm-hmm. I think at mm-hmm.
1: energy balance,
0: if I remember correctly. So here's the thing, man. Like, um, Stan efforting is the same way, Mm -hmm. right? Like I I love Stan. Okay. At the end of the day, saturated fat, you should, you should probably have, let's say 30% of your dietary nutrient intake should be from fat Mm -hmm. of that about 30% should be saturated fat or less saturated fat is not the devil. But I, I don't think that we should be, we shouldn't be vilifying saturated fat and we shouldn't be glorifying saturated fat because right. the data's pretty clear. And if you look at the blood work from these carnivore people, their are they lipids. Like mine's perfect. These wow. motherfuckers are going to die. Like their, <laughs> their shit's all fucked up. I'm like, dude, like you're going to, you're going to have some arthrosclerosis. Your fucking plaque's going to build up on your heart. Like it's all fun and games till your heart stops. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm sorry, man. You, you can't, you can't just cherry pick data because there's plenty of data on the other side. And I am not, if, look, if the carnivore diet works for you, I don't care. That's what people don't realize. All I do is I like to discuss things. I talk science, I talk fact, and I talk what I think is best. It's like, well, it works for me. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like mm-hmm. do what you think is best for you. All I do is I talk about what my experience is and what I've read in the data. All the the data, not just one or two offshoot studies of 42 rats done in India. I'm talking about actual human data, both population and actual controlled studies. So that's what gets really crazy. It's like, if you look at the science, it's pretty clear. In every study done, fruits and vegetables are good for you. Like, you can't take mega dosing rats on fucking oxalates and say that if I eat beans, my fucking kidneys are going to explode. Mm-hmm. Like, that's absolutely absurd. And it's cherry picking data. I like when here's the thing, like every time someone does something like the carnivore diet, here's what happens. Oh, man, you don't have to buy anything. All you have to do is eat two ribeyes a day. That's how it started then it's like hey here's my book buy it okay it's like hey we're starting a research fund fund it I heard they got like fucking five million dollars donated to them mm-hmm. where's the studies yeah I know
1: Sean Baker was doing a little bit of a uh, fundraiser and, and I believe that Sean's heart is in the right place I do
0: believe he's a good dude I had him on if the podcast it a while ago. It stop. No, I'm just kidding yeah <laughs> That's so wrong because <laughs> yeah. I, I get that all the time. For the look, I like Sean. I respect him, yeah. and I think that he's better than he is bad. I think he's actually probably the best thing to happen. And, and I, I mean this from that my heart to nutrition because yeah. there's so much pro-vegan bullshit yeah. that he literally knocked it on its ass because he's he's the he's the nemesis of veganism, right? right? Like Sean Baker is like fucking kryptonite to veganism. So yeah. so there these vegans are over here cherry picking this bullshit. And then Sean Baker's like, I could fucking cherry pick too. And then we meet in the middle and maybe we'll find a fucking answer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I, yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, he, um, he, he's good at presenting the data too, but obviously he has his bias and um, you know, the, Nobody can argue the dude's jacked. I mean, he's strong as hell too. But I I uh, know vegans
0: that are bigger and stronger than him. I know the better the better bay. He plays third in his class at the universe. He's not only a vegan, but he's all natural. Okay, you can't play that natural card. And and like, let's be honest. Like Mm -hmm. Baker was a fucking athletic freak before he was fucking doing this. Yeah, you know, like he's just a he's just a fucking. Some people are freaks. Like. At the end of the day, Cam Newton was he as good as a vegan, as as a vegan as he was? No, he he wasn't. He, he obviously got hurt a lot as a vegan, mm-hmm. but I'm sure Cam Newton could still play quarterback better than Sean Baker. <laughs> so like, I like how he's dunking on like, oh look at Cam Newton, like dude, you row, like you're doing deadlifts in your garage and rowing. You can't compare yourself. Like, and Cam Newton's getting older. I don't give a fuck what he's eating. Like the way Cam Newton plays, he runs into people. Like he's a he's a scrambler. Your fucking lifespan. Look at RG three. That motherfucker ain't meat. Like mm. he got hurt. Why? Because football people get hurt. Like you can't be it comparing beats the shit out of you. You can't compare someone who rolls around and does recreational jujitsu. And fucking does deadlifts in his garage and some fucking kettlebells and burpees and shit. You can't compare him to a man who's getting run into by 330-pound defensive linemen who run a fucking 4.7 in the 40-yard dash. That's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's that's ridiculous. So that's the problem. Show me one carnivore. No, no, you can always find one. Show me five carnivore guys who are crushing it on the professional sports level. I'll, I'll go start. Go.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I could tell you
0: because <laughs> if there was one, I mm-hmm. guarantee you those motherfuckers would not shut the fuck up about it. They'd be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, look at our carnivore guy! Look at it!" Yet I can name a ton of vegans who are crushing it on the professional sports circuit. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there are vegan athletes who are fucking crushing it. There just are. I know a guy right now. He plays. Um, we sponsor him. He's a he's a vegan soccer player. He plays on the Canadian national team. Mm-hmm. He's vegan. Vegan as fuck, like it's yeah. it's like um, it's Marco um, uh, Marco Bustos. So he's he's mm. fucking phenomenal. Vegan, he's a vegan. I have mm. plenty of vegans, and, and and we sponsor a lot of them, and they're killing it. So for you to be able to say, well, Sean Baker, oh no steroids, no, okay, great, you don't take steroids mm. and do athletic stuff. You're the only one. <laughs> well, that, yeah.
1: You said you brought Lane Norton up, but I mean he's natural, and I mean you look at him. He, I mean he's literally set world records, and yeah, I mean he's he's been a huge inspiration for me over the last two years in uh lifting, and then also kind of diet, nutrition research. So you know I, I like that you brought up a, a lot of the science stuff as well because I'm seeing people will present stuff, but it's like a lot of the time they don't actually read the studies or read the methods of a lot of this stuff. So like. Um, this one dude carnivore aurelius um, he has a whole ass load of followers on twitter and i think he said something to the degree of don't eat almonds because they have cyanide in them uh, and i actually i just did the math real quick you would have to eat 500 raw almonds to get a lethal dose of cyanide so i don't know about you but i've never met anybody that eats 500 raw almonds in one season. have you
0: have you looked at the shit that's in meat? Even organic fucking grass fed meat, like they're shitting it. Like I literally produce things for a living and I test for it. You know, there's some herbs in, in India that are grown. And because the soil contains these natural things that it can literally pop positive on a test. I'm not even shitting you. So like, it's like, they're looking at trace elements that are found in nature. Cyanides fucking found in fucking nature. Like you're, you can have a little of it. Like there's a lot of things that are found in microscopic amounts in everything. We fucking eat like the oxalate things. Like there's oxalates, there's oxalates. Yeah. Are you, are you fucking injecting the oxalates? Like, how is this working? Plants have defense mechanisms and animals just want to be eaten. I'm like, come on. Like it just, the the problem is is everybody's just using confirmation bias and I don't care. I don't care what the right answer is. I just want the right answer so I can use it and my clients can use it. That's all I care about. Like, I don't care, dude, if carnivores found to be the same way, if the, the best way to go, I'll be like, cool. We're making some fucking beef protein. Let's rock. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like ask yeah. if that's shown to be, I'm not married to any methodology. Fortunately for me, the shit I believe 10 years ago, pretty much has stayed consistent throughout the science. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's good. You know, if you look at human data, and a lot of the studies we're using are from between uh, 1998 and 2022. And we're getting good data out there. And the funny thing is, every time we get new data, it confirms what we knew. That whole natural foods are good. Fruits and vegetables are good. Meat is good. Just watch your saturated fat intake. And you'll be in a really good place. Oh, and fiber is good. Like there's not one study saying, oh, no, fiber's bad. Unless you have some kind of a digestive issue where you can't process fiber, then you're bad. So, I mean, the data has been pretty consistent for years and years and years and years.
1: Yeah. So um, the one thing that Alan had brought up, Alan Flanagan, when I was talking to him about like the original paleolithic diet, because this is like the appeal to nature that a lot of carnivore people give is that, oh, well, we killed giant mammoths and would eat a lot of fatty meat. But um, the part that they leave out is that hunter gatherers. Gatherers would get lots of plants and he said um, that sometimes our ancestors would get up to like i think it was like anywhere from 30 to 60 grams of fiber a day from eating a lot of dark berries so that's the part that they leave out and then you know as you kind of alluded to um pretty much all the science says that if you have a high lean meat intake and a high fiber intake that's pretty much as good of a diet as you can get
0: i mean you do need essential fats Right. I'm big. I'm big on fish oil. I take a ton mm-hmm. of fish oil a day. I like it. Um, you know, I like EPA, especially for anti-inflammatory properties. I like DHA for the mental benefits of it. So fish oil is great. Um, getting back to what he said. So paleolith. Okay. So so let's 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 just dissect that real quick. Sure. Did a motherfucker living in Japan eat the same thing as a motherfucker living in Poland? (laughs) Nope. You got different animals. You got fish. The Inuits are just eating fatty fish all the time. You know, you got this guy's eating a woolly mammoth. Also, I haven't seen a woolly mammoth lately, and I'm in Tennessee. If there's any woolly mammoths, they're going to be in fucking Tennessee. Period. So, like, (laughs) you know, you want to know. Here's the answer. You want to know what our ancestors ate i'm talking cavemen millions hundreds thousands millions you want to know what they ate? whatever the fuck they could find that they could eat
1: mm-hmm.
0: because they were hungry as fuck if they found something on a plant they're like oh that looks like oh shit i can eat this do i feel sick no oh, i'm gonna eat this again then they're gonna see they're gonna keep eating it they're gonna eat berries they're gonna eat plants they're gonna they're gonna do all that stuff man and then if you look at the the evolution of the brain Like, we needed more calorically dense food because unlike gorillas, we don't want to spend 77% of our life eating. And also, if you look at gorillas and primates, their stomach's like this big, ours is like this big, ours more closely mirrors that of a dog, right? Mm -hmm. Like, our our stomachs are closer to canines than they are apes, all right? So, put in perspective, the reason our brains were able to develop is because we were able to cook, fire, Mm fire. Fire is what led us to what it is. That's why you look at this liver king jackass eating raw oh, I'm meat. I'm glad you're going there. <laughs> no, you know why they nobody ate raw meat after there was fiber? Like, mm-hmm. that's not a thing. After there's fiber, after there's fire. Okay. Nobody, there's, there's no caveman's like, man, I can't wait to who, Dude, Nobody fucking ate that shit. Our ancestors did not eat that. They're like, dude, liver, let me give this shit to the dog. Give me the fucking ribeye, all right? Like mm-hmm. back then, they had taste buds too. <laughs> Nobody's eating raw liver. That was such a fucking gimmick. Nobody eats that's also, like, that's gotta be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like motherfuckers got like a tapeworm or something, right? Like, <laughs> something's gotta be wrong.
1: Do you think Liver King was probably the uh, grifter of the year?
0: Oh my God, he's the biggest scumbag in the history of our industry. <laughs> I think that he takes the cake as the biggest scumbag to ever walk in the fitness industry who didn't even belong in our industry. Right. Like the guy is such a deplorable piece of shit. Like you, I have no, I have nothing but bad things to say about the guy. Cause it was premeditated what he did. Right. And then he lied in the, he's like, yeah, I never expected liver King to get this big. I'm like, you put it in your opening email.
1: <laughs> All right. And then it, it was kind of funny right before his uh, whole fall. I remember getting the commercials all over Facebook of him promoting his protein powder. It's like, oh, okay. I see what this is now that, you know, you have your supplement company and then you can promote eating all this raw food. Now you have a protein powder that you can promote whole feast and he's smacking in the bag. And then it was kind of funny, like immediately after that, I still saw the commercials, but he wasn't in them.
0: <laughs> you know, that's the thing is that. I've managed to create the life I have by being honest. And I've never, I've never taken a test booster and said, this is why I'm a pro bodybuilder. No, no. I talk about the attributes to the test booster and why it'll work in the statistics and the studies. Then people are like, that's hypocritical because you're on TRT. And I'm like, no, it's not. I did not once say that this is what made me who I am. I'm just saying, this is the science and it might help you. I would never do that. Be like, Hey, I take this. I take pre-workout. I take the shit out of this, mm-hmm. but I, I'm going to tell you, and I take insurgent. I do take our test booster because there's some data on it having effect on free testosterone mm-hmm. and taking, injecting testosterone. It doesn't unbind testosterone. So I'm like, Hey, this might help. And my free testosterone is through the roof. So I don't know. That could be part of it. So it's like, all right. I'm honest about it, but then people are like, people just get it twisted. And the reason they get it twisted is because of people like Liver King who lie. Mm -hmm. So they're expecting us to lie. So if you get someone who's being honest, nobody's going to believe you're honest. They're going to think that you're one of them because that's that's what they're used to.
1: Right. So um, what are your thoughts on Tong Because this is kind of taken over the industry a decent bit, you know, right after and I want your thoughts on that as well. But um, everyone's saying that Tong Cataly raises testosterone. I've been taking it. I haven't got blood work or anything done, but I can't really say I notice any notable difference.
0: Is this – see, here's the problem with being as old as I am. Mm-hmm. Is I've seen this fucking game play out. That shit sure. was hot in 2001. Mm-hmm. And it's comes around every five years and no one's talking about it now. You want to know why? Cause it doesn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. Tongkat Ali. It works, but it's not going to be supplements do just that. They supplement. Mm-hmm. They don't substitute. <clears throat> You're not going to notice like you might like insurgent based on the data gives you a 20% increase in test and free testosterone. That's based on human data on one of the ingredients. So I can argue that with more of the ingredients, it might be 22, 23. So if your testosterone is at a hundred, that brings you up to a whopping one hundred and twenty. which over time, if your testosterone is higher will lead to potential benefits. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I was to take a needle and put three CCs of testosterone in it, inject you with it, your testosterone would probably be 25,000. So going from 100 to 120 or 100 to 25,000, is that steroid-like? No. (laughs) But is it working? It's working. But Mm -hmm. is it steroid-like? Absolutely fucking not. But it will help put your testosterone in a more conducive position to help you build muscle. Higher testosterone, albeit not crazy higher, can lead to an increase in gains in performance in libido but again it's not like injecting steroids steroids are tremendously effective
1: yeah so do you think a lot of the hype around tercesterone and beta ectesterone is just mostly because there's a lot of anecdotal claims that kind of come out i know greg Duchette kind of really pumped it up and it seems like you two kind of smooth things over um I, I, you know, do you just think it's because there were a lot of claims made from him and some of the other people taking tercasterone that kind of resurfaced? And now it seems like that's kind of going by the wayside.
0: Well, it's because they fucking lied. And I'll say that to his face. Like (laughs) Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, look, I sold a product called antigen Mm -hmm. in 2006 and it was ectosterone and it was, it was a cyanotis which is the Chinese ectosterone, but then there's also raponticum, which is the Russian ectosterone, which is actually made by Vladimir Putin himself.
1: Just kidding. Oh, can't have that.
0: (laughs) You can't take the Russian, Russian so you had communist, you had communist ectosterone. So anyway, so this is when I was natural. Um, I, I was natural in 2006 and I took six grams of the shit. And that was like fucking like eight or 10 pills. I, I forgot what it was. It was a while ago. And uh, we also had Bacopo Monieri and um, Rosavins in there from um, rhodiola Rosea. It was a fantastic formula, I thought. But I was taking the equivalent of probably $2 a day worth. It was expensive. But it was my company, so fuck it. I'm going to try it. And I, I got to say, I did make gains. Mm-hmm. But if you were to take, being that it's not terkestrone, it's ectosterone now because – I don't fucking know. Um, I'm not going to put whatever, whatever, whatever mental gymnastics they did to change the ingredient on the label. I don't know. <laughs> um, or FDA gymnastics, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it would be like $10 a day to take the dose I took back then.
1: Good of Lord. their shit.
0: And, and I got, when I say I got results, it's really hard to say. Like I was a pretty guy I posted a picture today. Of what I looked like when I was a lightweight, when I competed back then, I looked, I looked like a tiny piece of shit. And I think that picture might've been me on Mm ectosterone. I was a, I was, I was still a piece of shit and it wasn't until, you know, what is it? uh, 2009 to 2022, 13 years of training and TRT. That's what got me the results and all Mm -hmm. the supplements I take. But ectosterone is not going to give you steroid-like results, even if you take the dose. And the dose I took, no one can afford. And if mm-hmm. you can't afford it and you're spending your money on it, you're an idiot because there's better investments out there.
1: Right. Yeah, well, that- except,
0: for, except for Bitcoin. That turned out, no, not Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> yeah, that might uh, shake some people, unfortunately, in the uh, whole libertarian audience. Oh, buy so buy, buy they- it on
0: the low. Buy it on the dip. Buy it on the dip. <laughs> to, buy the on the moon, dip. to the moon. To the moon. Fuck your dip, man. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with Biden's stock market. That's safer. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, so one thing I that you Bitcoin. stood up. Oh really?
1: Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah. yeah now, it, I don't. It used, to
0: have, it used to be a lot of money. Now it's none. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, I, guess- I have the Ethereum too.
1: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I have never been like sold wholeheartedly that that's like the keys to freedom. Like some people want to tell you, but, um, do I see use for it? Sure. But I, I don't think it's the be all end all. Like a lot of people make it out. To I people.
0: regret buying any of it. <laughs> it's. It was, I did it because what I did is I took like, so I get commission for, um, for some of the companies that I'm sponsored by. Sure. So what I did is for like two months, I just threw that money in there. I'm like, fuck it. Let's put it over here and uh and then at first i'm like this is kind of cool like i felt really cool i felt edgy i felt young i'm like yeah i'm fucking buying bitcoin i'm a Bitcoiner. and then like then it crashed twice and i'm like fuck dave ramsey was right that fucking boomer you know his son lives right across the street from me
1: okay do do you guys like lift together or anything
0: no we i don't i don't think ramsey even lifts i gotta get him into it
1: okay right on right on Um, i'm I'm trying (laughs) i'm So one thing that you um, stick up for, and I—I I don't hear a lot of people stick up for it—branch um, <laughs> chain know. amino acids. I love them. So <laughs> no, we're I... not going anywhere bad. People so people oftentimes say it's just tasty water. Um, I've worked out with them and then sipped them intra workout, and I feel like I can go for a little bit longer. Um, why do you stick up for them? Because a lot of people say there's no data form other than maybe some recovery benefits. I'm, I'm really curious. Oh, there's
0: plenty of data. It just never okay. published. I could send it to okay. you. So we commissioned the sure. call, uh, Dr. Timothy sheet, the college of Charleston, as mm-hmm. well as Dr. Jim Stepani. That's right. Jim himself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Jim was my best friend for years. Good friend of mine. And we had a falling out. And I think now we just don't care about each other. um, mm-hmm. I'll make, t- I think I was in the wrong a lot of the, about at least 50%. So if given the opportunity, I would, I would shake a hand and apologize to Jim for my part in our breakup. Um, Cause Jim, Jim was my boy for a long time. Um, so we, we did a study and uh, it was double blind and it was on extend way and Gatorade was the placebo. So we had a control group. There was 36 total participants, 12 of each. It was a very expensive study. As you know, studies to run a study, why don't they do studies? I'm like, the cheapest study you could run on even 12 people is like $300,000, unless you do it in India. Then it'll be around 80. So we did this again. It was, and I wanted to do two people. So I wanted two independent researchers. So that way there couldn't be any accusations of, of paying somebody. So you had the Dr. Timothy Sheet at the College of Charleston, Dr. Jim Stepani at the Weider Institute. So what we did is we did a study. They're all on a controlled diet designed by Dr., um, by Chuck Rudolph, who actually lives right down the road from me. Now I moved to Tennessee from California. And it was Extend, and it was weigh and it was a placebo group. And so at the end of the study, they were on a 12-week gain, gain study. The the, the weigh group gained four pounds of lean mass, lost two pounds of fat. The Gatorade group gained one pound of lean mass, lost zero pounds of fat. Again, but they're on a controlled diet and training their ass off, right? Mm-hmm. The Extend group gained nine pounds of lean mass, lost four and a half pounds of fat. Mm-hmm. And I didn't believe the studies um, because they I, didn't, I couldn't talk to Jim at all. I didn't talk to him during the study. We used to talk probably every two weeks, but I didn't talk to him. And Dr. Timothy Sheet didn't even know who the fuck he was. We wrote an article together. I, I, I remembered like in 2001, this is years ago, my, when I was at Muscle Fitness. And um, we never communicated. He just looked over my shit. I looked over his shit. Boom, here's Iron Cardio. That was the name of the, car, the article. And anyway, I'm so ADHD. I apologize. So this guy, so we, we got the, um, the data came back and it was phenomenal. And back in the day, you had people, you know, my recovery when I was natural, my recovery was phenomenal. And that's why I came out with branch chains. That's why I created a one that you could drink during your training that tasted good enough to consume during training. The only uh, prohibitory thing about amino acids were they tasted like shit. So we basically made them taste good. Like we didn't invent them. We just made them taste good so they can be consumed during training. So my my adage to this is. Number one is they're affordable now. So you're not breaking the bank. Number two is that the data is good enough for me to spend the, you know, less than 70 cents a day, 70 cents a workout and have these three amino acids, leucine, isoleucine and valine, which might have some positive effect, lean mass gain, fat loss and recovery. And it's really a shame that that study was never published. And the reason I, the reason I and, and publishing one won't do much for me, because as I've learned by doing that study, even if I published it, people have been like, well, who funded it? <laughs> so, right. so it's like, all you could do is market on the data you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, again, I, I'm not saying chug a gallon a day like we used to do. Um, and that was actually backed by Lane Norton's research with um, I forgot who he was with, at the University of Illinois, the protein stat theory. Oh, Don Layman. Was it Layman? I don't did think he, it was I Lehman. know he
1: studied under Layman.
0: No, it wasn't Layman. But he had a, a cohort. I can't, I can't remember he did it with. Oh, but okay. that 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 backed up taking amino um, branched chain amino's or or um, whey isolate between meals, mm-hmm. to keep your your to to have the less calories but still get the uh, the protein the protein response, Mm -hmm. right? The mTOR and all that good stuff and protein synthesis, the MPS. So again, I have yet to be disproven on this. Um, uh, The study we ran was awesome. Unfortunately, it was never published. It was just a poster presentation at the ISSN that year. But uh, I'm going to ride with it because I saw the data. And again, it's it's not one of those things I'm not – I could discontinue machine fuel and still be just as happy in life, but I really like the product, and I've seen enough that from anecdotal to dude, I've had when I first launched it in two thousand five before anyone bought it, I had a um, there was a woman who came up to me at the Emerald Cup in Seattle, and mm-hmm. she's like she had no hair, she was going through chemo, she's like your product is literally saving me. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, I'm not saying it cures cancer. I'm not saying it's a chemo remedy, but things like that, all the anecdote I've seen, I've been selling it since 2005. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not enough data for me to say, and Lane stopped selling it. Lane's like, I'm done with branch chains. And he was one of the ones who was fighting for branch chains, fighting Alan Aragon's fucking ass on bodybuilding.com forums. Mm -hmm. So like, and I understand that, but I'm still holding on to the data that I saw from my own eyes and um, if people don't agree with me, that doesn't mean that you need to trash me and everything I'm about. We just have different beliefs in what works. Just don't buy it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's still. I'll, I'll, I'll look. Here's the deal. I'll bet my life that it still works better than fucking ectosterone.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> it's so affordable. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um. So one thing that you kind of caught. Uh oh. Here we go. Oh, I love Dry. it. Try. Dry scooping pre-workout. Do you actually do that? If it wasn't seven o'clock, I'd dry scoop this shit right now. <laughs> that is good pre-workout. What flavor is that? Uh, this is the uh, strawberry lemonade. Oh, that flavor is fantastic. I, I, I got, need a, to get I it got a confession.
0: We got, like, we got like 10 pre-workouts under my brand's. Mm-hmm. I still sniper. I use most, most times mm-hmm. I fucking you, love
1: it. Do you like a sniper more or a clash 3d? Cause I feel like clash 3d, I just, my experience clash 3d works a little bit better for me personally.
0: I, I, I might just be, I, I take both, but four out of six days I'm taking this. The other two days I'm taking kinetic or mm-hmm. I'm taking, um, or I'm taking clash 3d. Um, I'll throw in some pumping grind once in a while. Um, I, like I can't I love people love ruckus. Um, like Wayne our athlete, he loves ruckus. I'm 42. If I take that much caffeine, I'm gonna jump through that fucking window right there and <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Um, so here's the deal. Um, dry scooping just be cognizant not to um, take too much. And uh, there's some people who say that you need maximum like look at the end of the day you have stomach acid, you have bile. Like, that shit's going to mix up in there. If you want, dry scoop it, then jump up and down. And there you go. You got yourself a shake. Just be cognizant not to choke. I've seen that happen. And don't, like, and it's easy. Like, it. this shit tastes good. If you guys haven't tried yeah. Sniper, my problem with dry scooping this, especially if I'm dieting and I crave some sweets, I'm like, I'll, I'll. before you know it, I'm six scoops into this bitch. So I'm one of those where I don't dry scoop anymore. Cause I'll be like, I'll be like, did I take two? Fuck it, one more, and then I, next thing you know, next thing you know, I'm dry humping the wall.
1: Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so one thing that you kind of got jumped on on Twitter for, and, and it kind of surprised me. Yeah. Well, I, I really admired you for this. Is that um you had spoke out against um people always claiming that every athlete that falls over now is uh it's a vaccine death. We and need to be I, careful. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I get frustrated because it's like the data's there. Like this is clearly harmful for people under 30. This treatment. Did you know see I'm the saying?
0: study? Did you see the study about the, um, the athletes and their, um, VO two max? No, I just retweeted it from Peter McAuliffe. It's, it's fucking scary. Okay. Um, Alan, what Alan Roberts texted me afterwards and he's mm-hmm. like, um, hold on, let me bring this shit up. Yeah, no problem. He put, um, Dude, the study from the post you just shared, imagine what that means for non-athletes, mm-hmm. people who already have poor oxygen exchange markers. Mm-hmm. Our, our, our text is all fucking studies. Um, so, oh man, it's, yeah, go on. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, 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 That's <laughs> no, okay. Okay.
1: Um, athletes aren't always healthy despite what people think. And I think we have to be very, very careful when we're criticizing the certain treatment. So that way we maintain credibility because there are people who are kind of on the fence who are like, I don't know how I feel about this treatment. They may have taken it and then decide not to take another one. But if you literally just point to everybody that's died over the last two years to say that that's just that, and it's not ancillary effects of lockdowns, it's not, um, anything else that could possibly happen then you just look like a fool at a certain point when you literally blame everything on one thing you're you're, you're an ideologue, right you're just like these woke people who say everything's racist everything's you know uh, oppression you become one of those people and we should be very careful not to do that
0: athletes don't live long um at least in my experience and I have no data to back that up but you know generally speaking all the elite athletes I know die unexpectedly it's been happening forever and the reason is is that what, athletes don't just, like, exercise is good, right? You break a sweat, get your workout on, you go to Lifetime, you do the little class, you do Zumba, you know, you're fucking... But, dude, like, elite athletes, like, they're pushing their fucking shit beyond levels their shit should be pushed. They're pushing their heart to VO2 maxes that people will never see, and they're doing it on a daily basis. I look at the heart as like a transmission. I look at the body as a transmission. Like you only have so many beats, Mm -hmm. right? These athletes are beating the shit out of themselves day after day, after day, after day. And, and they're, they're elite. So they're, they're, they're a race car. Like you don't see any antique race cars Mm -hmm. because they burn them to the ground. And that's what athletes do. So what, what I think is happening with the shot, with the, 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 therapy is I think that it's giving them another variable. It's giving them another stressor because there's no doubt based on the data I've seen that there is at least an acute transient or short term um, stress on the body. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's the spike protein going to the heart. Well, COVID itself does it. No, nah, not, not really. Nah. Cause the spike protein is boom. Boom, boom. When you get COVID, that spike protein is there and then it's gone. You get the vaccine, it's literally just the spike protein. Mm -hmm. It's just the spike. So yeah, COVID probably does have some transient effects on the heart, as does the flu, as does RSV, as does, if you've ever had the flu and you've gone and tried to do like a CrossFit class. I remember one time I tried to box after having, I, I tried to box after having COVID and it was, oh my God. I could, and that was when I was boxing, like I was crushing it and I went and I could go literally, I could spar for 12 to 15, three minute rounds. Yeah. I could go, but I did one, two minute round on the bag and I felt like my body was going to, my lungs were going to pop out of my chest. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is any infection is going to lead to that. So the problem is with, with the spike protein, from what I understand, that shit stays, like the spike protein is what's getting in your chest, what's getting in your heart. So, like, what's getting in your lungs. So, if this thing's constantly going at you and you're an athlete and you're running as fast as you can, you're lifting hard, you have high stress situations, man, you're just combining so many stressors that your body does not, is not able to handle it. And I think that's why a lot of these athletes are dying. And I don't think – and that's why I don't see a lot of, a lot of fat people. They're, they're already unhealthy, like they, but they're not doing much. Mm-hmm. So that stressor is just a stressor. But if you throw that stressor on top of being an elite athlete, if I took the vaccine right now, I'd be so scared every day because every day, like day go, I'm going to start boxing in on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to feel like my heart's going to explode because I haven't done it in a year. Right, like I go to the gym and I did, I did a 20 rep leg press set today. My heart right now felt like it was gonna bump, burst out of my chest. My legs were hurting, dude. Even my testicles hurt after that set. <laughs> if I had the COVID vaccine, I would be like, ever, I would be just skip, Maybe it would be paranoia. And that was actually one of the I forgot who it was, but one of the researchers or one of the Twitter experts said like. One of the articles was like, well, the reason for the, the COVID vaccine side effects is anxiety. And everybody's like, oh, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. I'm like, I, I I don't think it's bullshit. Because if I'm sitting here and I'm on my side and I'm pretty anti-vax, they'd consider. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pro-vax if you want it. I'm anti-vax if you don't want it. That You know me. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, if I'm sitting back and I see died suddenly on net, on, uh, on on Rumble and I'm watching all this and I see motherfuckers like me and Alan be like, yo, we got to look at this data, man. People are dying. We need to look at this. I would literally be like if I got like a little cramp in my chest from, from like chest day, if I felt that, like I just talked to my wife about this, I'd be like, oh, my God. I'm getting the, I, I, I got it. I got the myocarditis, bro. Like mm-hmm. I need to go to the doctors right now. I'm having a side effect. I'm going to go type this shit in the fucking registry like VAERS. I mean, <laughs> think about it like anxiety's a bitch. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm saying that if I had the vaccine right now, I would be driving myself nuts. And <laughs> a lot of these people, I think, are are driving themselves insane because the data isn't very good. So these people mm-hmm. might be perfectly fine, but the data is so questionable.
1: Yeah. So the one thing that's been that took me some time to parse out is that um, I, I wanted to believe that the vaccine was "quote unquote" safe and effective initially because it's like, okay, well, hopefully they didn't fuck anything up. This seems a little rush. I'm not going to take it because I'm at no risk. <laughs> no. But you know, got over it. Um, and personally, I mean, I've known probably well into the couple hundred people who've had it and haven't had any issues that Bingo. I know of, but then I started looking at the data and it's like, okay, well, there was a study by, um, Chris Kresser had shared it out in his newsletter and yeah. we find no Embarta at all. And basically, what I did the math. I believe it was if you got the vaccine and you were under thirty years old, then your chance of myocarditis that would end you in the hospital or that would put you in the hospital. You had a one and I think it's like thirty two thousand chance versus if you had COVID and recovered, your um, likelihood of having myocarditis from COVID was like one in three hundred thousand or something like that. it was ridiculous. So um after i read that i'm like oh so this is <laughs> this is pretty bad so and that's not to say that like you sniff it you're gonna die but like clearly people under 30 as far as i can tell by every single study i've read it's like probably
0: if you're under 30 it just, just just get
1: COVID and get over it you're gonna be fine
0: what i don't understand is is now we've shown it can't prevent transmission right, right. Mm-hmm. It, it, we've actually shown that you're more likely to get COVID if you had the vaccine. That's a proven mm-hmm. point. I believe that's on the, from the CDC own data that yeah. we have that. What I, what I don't understand is the, and the only, there, there's only two explanations. I'll get into that in a second because I, I, I deduce things and, and if I'm wrong, I want to be proven wrong. Cause I would really mm-hmm. like the truth. Yeah. But I'm looking at this. Okay. Why are you telling young, healthy people to get this still? Like Biden just tweeted two hours ago that, everybody needs to get vaccinated. Okay. Everybody. Now they want six months old to get vaccinated. Kids were never at risk from this. Mm-hmm. So the question is, if you don't want it, if I don't want it, if it doesn't prevent us from passing it along or getting it, why the motivation to tell us to get it? Cause in this society, we've always had the freedom to do dumb shit and die. As right. long as it hurts nobody else. If I want to – if I want to go run into that wall head first right now repeatedly, you can't stop me. Like you can't prevent <laughs> stupidity. So if I want to be stupid and not take the vaccine, it's not hurting anybody else. You're going to love this as a libertarian. Mm-hmm. And especially with the new data, even that bitch from CNN is like, no, nah, I don't think we should mandate it anymore. Mm-hmm. That Chen – is her name Chen, I think? No, I'm not sure. I I don't. Hopefully I didn't just say a racist thing because Chen's a very <laughs> – <laughs> is it a Chinese person named Chen? Um, so, so here's the deal. Like, the question is, what is the motivation to say, Mark, Kyle, you need to take this shot, even though it, it's only risking your health, right? Okay. The only two things I could think of is monetary gain from kickbacks from Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Or all the media outlets and politicians—they're all—they're donating to politicians and they're sponsoring every show. Brought mm-hmm. to you by Pfizer. Brought to you by Pfizer. Oh, you hear it everywhere. Ol- and the only other thing—and I'm not saying this is it—is depopulation. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two things, because I can't think that since it doesn't prevent transmission, we know this for a fact. Yeah, the CDC even said so. What are the? There's no other reason. What are the Mm -hmm. other reasons? If it's not monetary, it's not depopulation, then what is it? And if there is a third reason, please somebody tell that because I don't want to feel like I'm a fucking conspiracy theorist. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and and it is a reasonable question to ask, and it's funny because uh, we have to be careful with how we put this on YouTube because yes, uh, you know, you were shadow banned for just asking. And 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 that's why I'm I'm kind of
0: dancing around it, you know. Mm, And this is actually how I would dance around it in real life because I don't know and I I don't think we should be banned or excoriated for, for asking questions. Right. And these are not, these are not answers. These are not, these are questions. These are thoughts. And I want to know what my thoughts do, how they resonate with other people. Mm -hmm. Like do my, are my thoughts ridiculous because I want to know that because I actually said something about Ukraine mm-hmm. and I was like and this woman's like well actually no here's this I'm like oh thanks yeah that helps cuz I legit asked a question I'm like don't take this as a position but this is an actual question it's 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 seeking to find and I even stated it as a question but the problem is when you state things as a question people assume that you're making an assumption or people assume that you're right. making a position I can't even ask a fucking question anymore hey why can't we just audit the shit we sent to Ukraine? Mm-hmm. Pretty simple question. You're a Putin apologist.
1: Yeah.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. I just want to know where our money's going. Like <laughs> right. the government can audit me. Why can't I, why can't we audit? Why can't the government audit themselves? Because mm. I certainly ain't sending $40 billion at a time to anybody. Mm. It's Forty and, and trillions of dollars, man. It's like, so you can't have honest dialogue anymore yeah. without being accused of being racist without being accused of being a, a, a vax denier or a covid whatever it's yeah. like why can't we ask questions anymore and all of a sudden i'm a right winger not a right winger I'm, I'm literally I'm, I'm a jew from california does that even exist <laughs> like i'm not a right winger I'm, I'm a guy who asks questions and wants to find out the truth so i can formulate a fucking opinion i don't want the government telling you what to think i would like yeah. to formulate my own opinion so why can't i why can't i listen to peter McCullough? why can't i listen to why can't i listen to the government i want to hear what they have to say mm-hmm. why can't i take all these different viewpoints and, and and read all the data the problem is most americans aren't like us kyle most americans just want to be told what to think what to do they want to be told if they can leave their house they want to be told what to be scared of America is not the land of the free home of the brave. America is the land of the lazy bitch.
1: Mm -hmm. Unfortunately,
0: that's, that's the voter. That's who they're pandering to. And that's your average voting people. That's your average California. That's your average New Yorker. That's your average person who's in Chicago, in Memphis. All these blue areas are dominated by a bunch of fucking smooth brains.
1: Yeah. Mark, how do we turn it around, man?
0: We don't. I don't think we can. I think the only thing saving us right now is federalism. I think the only thing saving us right now is that we're a Republican, not a country. Mm-hmm. Um, people, we're, we're not a country, dude. We're the United States of America. We're a union of 50 states. Those yes. states are all sovereign, which means that we are basically our own country. Mm-hmm. My advice to people is California, all the good, all the people on the right moved. New York will never ever be republican again because every republican moved to my neighborhood they're all here and they're all or in florida they all make me look like fucking bernie sanders these people are so right-wing it's not even funny um illinois will never change Mm -hmm. because the people who stayed in the blue states they like being told what to do They like communism. They like being told to mask up. They like being told to inject their children with an experimental um, therapy. That's what they like. Mm -hmm. And who am I to say they shouldn't live like that? And that's the beauty of this country. If you don't like Massachusetts, move to Florida. If you don't like Florida, move to California. If you don't like California, move to Texas. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way. And I'm not and, and th- that whole peaceful divorce. How the fuck is that going to work? That's exactly how the civil war started. It was pretty peaceful to start like, yo, yo, uh, Hey North, can we get our slaves back? Like, nah, we're going to keep them right here. Okay. Hey, like there's this like fucking military base here. Uh, what, what we, it's ours. No, no, it's ours. Like we can't have uh, a peaceful divorce because we share federal land. Like there's literally federal shit in my city. Like there's federal things you can't. It won't happen. It won't happen. And so, oh, and what happens when, uh, when, uh, when they they start Biden starts sending immigrants over uh, via plane to Tennessee? We're like, we don't want that shit. Tennessee, like, you gotta realize, like, the volunteer state. You know what? The it's the volunteer state, right? We like fighting so much in Tennessee. We literally fought other people's wars. <laughs> That's what a volunteer is, you know. Right texas is like yo yo we need some soldiers tennessee's like we ain't got shit going on we'll fight some shit and there you go (laughs) whiskey for soldiers (laughs) nah man that's the whole i was the war of 1812 when they uh they started that shit one of those but uh tennessee is literally like so you there's no peaceful divorce there's civil war you can't have that's why you have jesse kelly who i love i've been on his show i love him to death we're like peaceful divorce, peaceful divorce. Tim, you know, um, Tim Pool, peaceful divorce. That doesn't happen. You can't have a peaceful divorce because we share things. We share a military. how do you how do you have a peaceful divorce? We all have one federal military. How does that work? Can someone explain that to me?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think advocates of that, which I, I'm I don't think that's ever gonna happen, but um, I, I could see why people are so enthusiastic about it um the idea would be to hopefully get rid of the federal military and then just kind of have a strong you know local militia or you know as they would say an armed populace is a polite populace
0: that that would never happen mm-hmm. um we yeah i don't think dude, so
1: either to be honest because
0: <laughs> because um like you really think the federal government is ever going to disband like th- no th- but <laughs> But there there does, and Tim Poole has a great we actually talked about this when I was on his show mm-hmm. um backstage, is he believes there will be a catalyst where there is something that pops off. He thinks it's gonna be abortion. And he's talked about this on air, I heard him say it, because yes. what'll happen is let's say someone gets elected in 2024. Fuck it, abortion's gone. It's gone. Mm-hmm. So in California's like, nope, we're an abortion sanctuary state. So you gotta realize that people like people who are pro-life look at abortion as murder. So they would literally put their life on the line to save these babies, mm-hmm. right? So if you're saying that an armed group of people from Texas won't trot on over to California and stand armed in front of an abortion clinic to prevent it from happening, what happens if that happens? What happens if, yeah. what happens if a right-wing state or a, a red state says, you know what? No, you're not doing that. <laughs> We're going to save this life. And they send their troops over to California. Like, fuck it. What are you going to do about it? And then you got the federal government. Then you got the other red states. Like, what do we do? You don't think DeSantis is going to want any of that smoke? Like, Texas literally has its own little military there. That'd be a weird situation. Then you got the red states. We all got guns. So I don't understand. If there was a civil war, I'm glad I'm on the right. (laughs) Yeah. We have the guns. like. I'm happy with that. But, but then again, like what I found out during COVID is that the cops will kill you. They mm. will turn on you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They it, will. It's, it's a very sad reality. Um, and that's not to discourage people from developing good relationships with their local community, but just oh, realize our, what our, they our stand cops are, for.
0: Not, not ours. So our cops yeah. literally were, no, we were, we were the community where our, and I know these people We're were very close with the, the police yeah. here. I'm talking about big city police. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Dude, like I'll tell you what, our PD was like, nope. If businesses were open, they were like, cool. I remember there was one situation where I was actually walking to the park, and there was a woman pushing her kid on the swing. It was right after that shit went down in Idaho, where they arrested the moms at the park, mm-hmm. and I saw the cop walking up to. I shit you not, he's walking up to the mom pushing the swing, and I'm like, oh, I gotta, I'm gonna fucking film this. Oh man, I'm gonna go viral. <laughs> A little bit of that Twitter finger. And um, cop went over, said hi to the mom, and helped push the little girl on the swing. This is during (laughs) COVID. And right there, I'm like, I am so glad I live in the great state of Tennessee.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? That that should kind of go against the narrative for – there are a lot of libertarians who get severely – I hate to say it, but autistic when it comes to police where they say all oh, police are bad police no matter what just because they may enforce bad laws. But it's like, eh, well, you should probably want to be cool with your local police because they could decide whether you get to be locked in your home or not. And I get it. This is like Stockholm syndrome to a degree. But at the same time, if these police decide that, hey, we're not going to enforce these gun laws, we're not going to enforce lockdowns,
0: th- that's a good cop in my mind. But the, it actually came from the top down. Mm-hmm. Our, yeah. our police departments, like, you do you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's a beautiful situation because, and, and and you know what, here's the deal. I like cops. I know libertarians, uh, ACAB, ACAB, shut the fuck up. Like if shit goes down, who are you calling? Okay. Everybody's a big badass. Look, I lived in the hood. Okay. I grew up in the hood. You want to know what? Everybody hated the cops. So shit went down. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Someone breaks into your house. Who are you fucking going to call? Not all along. You Call the cops. Everybody <laughs> hates the cops till they need them. Mm-hmm. Now, if, it, if someone breaks into my house, the cops are just going to come up to clean up a body. But if uh, I'll tell you what, man, you, you, cops are a necessity in society. Mm. There are good cops, there are bad cops. But for the most part, in a lot of good communities, like mine, man, there's nobody I'd want on my side more than our local PD. They're good people. They got in it for the right reason. Now you go to Chicago, even Metro Nashville, wouldn't trust those guys. Right. Well, I actually know a couple Chicago PD, and they're the best people I know. Mm-hmm. Love them. Love them but to death. But they best. got a
1: shitty situation.
0: I mean, they're, they're constantly running uphill, and they're in the most dangerous city in the country. Yeah. yeah well, so, one I mean, of the you're most always,
1: dangerous. Right. You're going to feel so threatened all the time. I mean, it'd be like, so I live about an hour and a half. Or about an hour north of Pittsburgh, and then Philly's on the other side of the state. Do you could you imagine being a cop in Philly?
0: Fuck no, you. Now I love Pittsburgh, by the way.
1: Oh, it's amazing. Pittsburgh,
0: Pittsburgh's my favorite city. Uh Market Square is my favorite place. Oh, uh, yeah. my daughter and I sat there. You know that Greek place in Market Square? Yeah. I go they they literally know me there. I go there every time we're in town for soccer. <laughs> my daughter, um, the the Pittsburgh uh what are they? The River Hounds. They, they're in her league in ACNL. And so we go there once a year, usually. And we'll go to Market Square. Last time we went there, we literally were sitting here eating Greek food, watching bums get drunk and fight.
1: <laughs> pretty it good. Was after the greatest,
0: it was the greatest time I've ever had my daughter. We're just sitting there like, this <laughs> is fucking great. We didn't feel like, and with me, like, I know how to fight. I'm a pretty big guy. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't I know, I know I can protect us. So I'm just sitting there like, this is fucking great, you know, <laughs> and my daughter feels safe. We're just watching bums fight and the, the food's amazing. I forgot the name of that Greek place, but, uh, I got to get it. But yeah, it's, it's a great spot, man. I love Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah. Oh, our friend, the young mecock, David Brady said, what's up? I, I know he's, uh, he, he's, um, you have helped Mecauque? motivate him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's for the Mises caucus. It's a uh, part of the, libertarian oh, party. oh, it
0: sounds like something else.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's, it's supposed to, um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so next time you're in Pittsburgh, I there's a place in Monroeville. I'm wearing the hat right now. It's big rigs barbecue. I'm telling you, man, it's the best barbecue. on the, face of the How planet. far is
0: it from the city?
1: Um, maybe a half hour. I want to say it's not too, too far, but it is so worth going there. My God, they have the best ribs, the best brisket. It,
0: it's just <sighs> amazing, man. You're talking to a man from Tennessee. You got to be careful with that. So you,
1: okay. I've never been to Tennessee. I've been looking at flights because I've noticed that flights are really, really cheap to go to Tennessee from Pittsburgh.
0: Like less yeah, it than hundred dollars per person. It, I take that. I, I'm I, taking that flight. I'm taking that flight in January. I got to go see GNC. It's going to be great.
1: Okay. Right on. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, very tempted to go to Nashville. My wife and I were down in Florida for a week for our honeymoon, but I, I'm kind of getting the itch. I'm like, Tennessee, we've never been there. It, it looks pretty nice.
0: It's gorgeous. It's the best, best place on
1: earth. Right. So anyways, I feel like that's probably a decent place to wrap it up there, Mark. I got a couple questions for you and then we'll rock and roll out of here. Yeah, of course. You. Uh, what does liberty look like to you?
0: Uh, liberty is just being able to enjoy your life, be free. And honestly, when you think about it for, with liberty and justice for all, mm-hmm. okay, you think deeply into that word. And I think it all comes down to individualism. You know, it all comes down to being able to climb out of poverty, to be able to be responsible for your own life, for your own family. And I think having the least amount of government intrusion within your life, um, slight of anarchy. Of course, we don't want anarchy. I think that would be liberty. You know, um, we all come to, you know, my mom came to this country for an opportunity She came to this country for the American dream. And I think looking at it, liberty would be when we think about the American dream, we think about California in the 80s and 90s. That's liberty to me. You know, it's beyond just the word liberty. It's beyond freedom. It's beyond all of that. It's just everything America should stand for. And that means putting the power back in the people's hands.
1: Beautiful. What does health look like to you?
0: Health? Mm Mm-hmm being able to optimize every moment of every day, mentally and physically that's
1: health. Wow. Beautiful. Um, and Oh, God, I'm done. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I so you good. Had something else. What's your favorite outright bar,
0: man. I always go back to cookies and cream. It's out of stock mm-hmm. now, which kind of sucks in next week. Um, we, we actually sold it so fast ran out of packaging, mm-hmm. believe it or not. And packaging takes a little bit of time. It just, it just oversold. Um, you know, the, the caramel, the chocolate caramel is crushing it right now that's a seasonal flavor mint cookies and cream um and the og chocolate chip
1: yeah i think i have okay no, then no, i got the uh the cookie dough
0: the my mochaccino wife, the mochaccino is oh, insane good. too
1: yeah yeah my I, I knew i can usually gauge how good something is if my wife likes it so um she absolutely loves these white yeah crisp the orange. crisp
0: is insane
1: yeah um unfortunately she has to eat gluten-free because she has a celiac um she has celiacs.
0: So. Well, most of them are gluten free, just not the cookie ones. So yeah. the chocolate chip cookies free, the mochaccino's cookie free. Mm-hmm. I'm cu- 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 gluten free, cookie free too.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Well, where can everybody find you?
0: Um, at Mark Loebliner on all the uh, social medias. On YouTube, it's at Tiger Fitness, youtube.com slash Tiger Fitness.
1: Nice, Mark Oral. It's always uh, enjoyable uh, listening and talking to you. So, um, you know, we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. And everyone, make sure you uh, hit the like, subscribe, and share go to tiger fitness for all your supplements. I got the uh protein powders, branch chains and everything here. I'm sure Mark will tell you all about them as well. The peanut butter fluff which is fantastic as well last night. Yep. Oh, it's so good. Um yeah, I, right. I I made a uh, red velvet protein donuts the other day with the red velvet cake oh, hell yeah, they were they were good. So all
0: right man, if you have got anything else, we'll close out and I'll see you on the other side. Much appreciated, brother. You have a good uh, rest of your holiday week. Thank you, you too. Take care.